All right, pop quiz. Airport, gunman with one hostage. He's using her for cover. He's almost to a plane. You're 100 feet away. What do you think? Shoot the hostage. What? Go for the good wound and he can't get to the plane with her. Clear shot. You're deeply nuts, you know that? All right, gentlemen, what we have here are 13 passengers in an express elevator. Bomb's already taken out cables. Bomber wants $3 million or he blows the emergency brakes. Anything else that'll keep this elevator from falling? In the basement. He can strike anywhere. At any time. Will the mystery guest please sign in? Why are they messing with me? Do they think I'm doing this for fun? For L.A. cop Jack Traven. Tell me again, Harry. Why did I take this job? Oh, come on, 30 more years of this, you get a tiny pension and a cheap gold watch. Cool. The game began. Very exciting, Jack. Some close calls, huh? When someone put the city of Los Angeles to the ultimate test. Pop quiz, hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. If it drops below 50, it blows up. What do you do? What do you do? No. Are you insured? Yeah, why? He's the only solution. We just got a ransom demand from your terrorist. Says he's rigged the city bus. Where's Jack? Where do you think? Stay on or get off? Get off. is much better. Everybody hold on! trigger aimed at your head, what do you do? What do you do? Speed. Get ready for rush hour. And now, when did that come out? Part of the Real Change Movie Podcast. Thank you for hitting the download and welcome to another edition of When Did That Come Out? This is the Real Change Movie Podcast. Today we are looking at June of 1994. It's Yondabon's Speed with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Uh, sorry for the hiatus. I know it's been a while, but uh, we're happy to be back. Uh, I, of course, am Charlie Stabile, joined by William Rankin. Will, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm good. I am good. I'm ready to talk about this movie. I hadn't seen it in a while. It was fun to revisit it. Um, I remember this movie as being, this was one of those movies that I wasn't allowed to see. And you see the trailer for it as a kid and you go, that looks amazing. You know, it just, it just looks like one of the most fun movies. And of course, I think I ended up staying over at a friend's house. I think this is how I saw it. I think I stayed over at a friend's house and they had it on VHS and we just waited for the parents to go to bed. I miss that. I, that's one thing about childhood I do miss is, is that kind of thrill of, oh, my God, we're not supposed to be watching this. And it's funny watching this movie as an adult. 
I find because um, I remember counting the F words as a kid. I remember that I, this is the only movie I think I ever did that with. There's only 12 and there's really only one or two scenes that are really violent. And that's pretty much it. I think you could have edited this into PG-13 easily. But uh, anyway, those are my memories of the film. Well, uh, you're a little older than me. Did you see this in the theater? No, no, I didn't see this for a while. Because, I mean, it was this. my mom was fairly loose when it came to what we could see. But this definitely wasn't one she was taking me to see in the theater. I saw this really movie. what was it what was it about this movie no nothing in particular like it just there oh. really honestly it just it, it just didn't hit the radar really you know it just didn't for for any of us but um yeah uh i'll never forget that this movie is uh i'll never forget because um from this point on it never if if uh people would meet me they're like yep you're, you look like the guy from Speed, and I had Keanu. no idea what this meant for because I didn't see the movie. I didn't know what it meant because point. It's not like Point Break, which had already been out for a few years. You know, it was like it's not like this. That was this massive cultural hit. It was a big movie, but you know, like it's not one of those that launched him to you know what Speed would do. Like Speed put him in another another bracket. You know, that puts right. Keanu. That, yeah. that, that's I mean, and and sneaky. Like when we talk about action heroes, Keanu wins the decade. Hands down, right? You know, like, like, yeah. Let's talk about that because I was, I was actually thinking about that uh, yesterday when I was, uh, when I was watching Speed. I was, I was just like, Keanu was never asked to do the Expendables, <laughs> you know. And I started think, railing them off in my head. And yeah, I mean, a lot of them in the '90s aren't good, uh, but he was in a lot of action movies, uh, mainly because of Speed. Because that, what was it? After Speed, he gets kind of sidetracked in his career, even though speed, like you said, speed is the movie that made him an A-list movie star. Yes. Uh, cause I remember like even, even when I saw the trailer, I was like, Oh, that's the guy from Bill and Ted. Cause I was a huge Bill and Ted fan as a kid. And it was weird seeing him in a movie like this, but this movie is what launched him and Sandra Bullock for that matter. But, uh, Keanu ended up doing some weird action movies that weren't very good, which is funny because he ended up turning down speed too. Cause he said that was no good. <laughs> so he did have some level of, of uh, quality control, but he really doesn't. I mean, he does a couple like romantic comedies. I remember him too, but he doesn't really bounce back until the matrix. And, and that just kind of solidified it. But yeah, you're right though. Like Keanu, he has made, at least in my eye, at least three of the all time great action movies. Yeah. And they all came out in the nineties with years. point break speed and the matrix. Uh, that's, yeah, that's incredible. Uh, it's, 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 it's interesting, right? Because Keanu, uh, you know, like nowadays he seems to be more known for like John Wick. Like people seem to just flock over that. I think that movie is mediocre at best. I've never been a big fan of those movies. But this little trilogy that he pulls off in the 90s, Keanu was a big deal. Like people loved him. And, and I remember like people were worried he was going to be typecast for the rest of his life because of Bill and Ted and maybe never get work. But then he, Keanu is a very interesting actor because he, he would go and do these little indie movies, you know, like he would do movies with like river Phoenix. So it was at my own private Idaho. He would take bit parts in strange movies. He would do something outlandish, like much to do about nothing or, or, uh, what was it? Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. It's a very interesting guy. Cause these aren't necessarily movies that I think he's good in. Cause I'm, I, I sound like I'm fawning over Keanu. I'm not, I don't think he's one of the greats, but I think he is great if you put him in the right movie. And I honestly, with the exception of Bill and Ted, I don't think he was ever better in any movie than he was in Speed. 
uh, he is so good in this movie and just a natural. And to think he wasn't even, I think, in the top 10 choices for this role. Uh, I'm sure you read that about like Bruce Willis was at one point courted. Hell, this movie was once courted to to actually be reworked as a diehard film, Uh, which I mean, this is a diehard clone. And I'll get to that later because I, 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 I have a case for this movie on that. But um, this was the first time I saw Sandra Bullock. I mean, I, she'd been around earlier, but like with Demolition Man, but that wasn't must-see. Like this movie had a must-see feel to it. Uh, I love movies where the plot can be summed up in just a single sentence. And that's what made me want to go see this movie. Is it, it was just a plot that was just absolutely outrageous. The only kind of story that could happen in a movie <laughs> and why we go to the movies in the first place but um what did you think of sandra bullock uh i I imagine you might have seen a different movie of hers first because what was like right after this she does while you were sleeping and the net yeah i'm 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 pretty sure i had seen on tv at one point love potion number nine Mm -hmm. you know that's another one but i mean like it's really hard like i mean the the combo of demolition man and speed you know like those two movies like those are those are big movies for her to be in and she she arguably steals the movie because she's so good in this. Like she she is this perfect. It's close. She's not even. She's not. She's not a foil to Keanu, but like she's like this. She's this supporting character that feels like a lead character in this. Like right. She really. I mean, it almost feels like she's like throughout the movie they realize there's a lot more to this. Let's keep giving her more stuff to do in this movie, and that's why by the well, end apparently of it, they hmm. apparently they cut out a huge chunk of her backstory. Which a lot uh, of the I only, writers I only found too. that out yesterday. There's this impressive uh, Dude, oral history. I, I'm not I kidding. Think, of them. Yeah. This time when I watched the movie, I was actually, because I've seen this movie a, a lot. I've seen this movie many times. So, I, you know, when I see a movie a lot, I try to look at different things. And, and I was really trying to pay special attention to the passengers on the bus. And, and I'm not kidding. I could have sworn one or two times, like, I saw new passengers. You know, like like people that I didn't see in the bus before. You know, because th- there's there's the, the you know Ortiz and Alan Ruck and uh, the the elderly black couple, th- things like that. But as you get further in the back of the bus, uh, like those people almost become indistinguishable. <laughs> and yeah. like the thing that's fascinating about this movie, it's it's the movie that's kind of remembered for being oh, it's the bus, it's the movie with the you know with the with the bomb on the bus. That's great. Uh, the bus is only half the movie. Uh, I actually timed it this time because uh, we we used to talk about this in college. Like, what are the gr- what are great three act movies? And my two favorite three act movies were always New Hope, Star Wars, and this. Speed is a perfect three act structure movie. And and if you've never seen it, you wouldn't know that that the bus is only act two. Now, granted, it's the biggest part of the movie, fifty minutes. Uh, but acts one and three go on for, let's see. So that would put it, what is that? Tw- no, oh, 30 minutes a piece. And they're, they're off that bus relatively quickly. Like it was because, because that's the thing about this movie too, is, is how incredibly well paced it is. And I think that's one of the reasons why I always came back to it as a kid. And as I've gotten older, this movie never really stops. Like it, it, it might be the most accurately titled movie ever made. Uh, in, in terms of what it does as a film. And, and Sandra Bullock, I think you're right, man. Like, the more I watch her, she is one of... This This has got to be one of my favorite female characters in a movie. 
like where she's she's cute, she's sweet, but she's really smart. And she has a great chemistry with Keanu Reeves. And it never really feels like I mean, even at the end, it never really feels like she's a damsel in distress. Right. Yeah, I think and that's, that's I think that's a tribute to Sandra. Because b- between this movie, because she ended up becoming just a mega superstar. In fact, I would go as far as to say, I think she might have become a bigger star than Keanu did. Because well, uh, Keanu's track is weird. Like, his 90s run we just talked about, like, he ends it with The Matrix. He ends on one of the highest notes you could end on. But his 2000s run is a series of interesting steps and missteps, mostly missteps. And a lot of that's his personal life. His personal life is some of the most tragic you could ever hear. But like, yeah. um, it's, I mean, it really, really, honestly speaking, it's not until John Wick that he is back. Like he takes a good decade where he's just kind of floundering in the middle. I mean, there, there are movies like Constantine yeah. where it's like, okay, we're going to, here's a franchise. It's not a franchise. It doesn't, it doesn't materialize into the franchise that they wanted it to be. You know, there are these movies and there are good turns like he's in the gift. It's a good turn for him, but it's not like an awesome turn for him. You know, he does movies like The Lake House with Sandra Bullock. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's that movie's fairly forgettable for most people. They only remember it because they're in it, but they could they they don't really remember all the intricacies of the movie. You know, they don't remember even really necessarily what it's about or why it's happening. They just remember it gets really complicated. It does more so than needs to be. But yeah, yeah, I mean. She on the Dave other hand, stood still. He, yeah, blockbusters. Yeah, yeah. She on the other hand, though, is always on kind of this Man. upward trajectory, and it really, I mean, the the crescendo for it is definitely the Oscar that she gets, and then after that, it's like do movies like Gravity, you know, The Heat. You know, these are movies that you know she's she's still stepping back in to do comedy here and there. Like she, she makes really smart choices. Smart, that's, maybe that's the difference. Yeah, maybe even smarter what, choices than Keanu. What? Right. The only difference, the only difference in terms of the smart choices and but Sandra has admitted to this many times is that she chose to do speed, too. Right. <laughs> but uh, she had a good reason for it, though, because she she was going to use all the funding from that movie. Basically, her, the deal was if you let if I, I do speed, um, you'll let me do my passion project, which was Hope Floats. Right. And that movie, whatever. But Sandra, like, like while you were sleeping, the net, she was everywhere. She was, it was like having a brand new uh, Julia Roberts, basically. And then, which is ironic, because they end up competing for the same parts. And I, the, the, ironically, the role that uh, Sandra Bullock ends up winning the Oscar for was tailored towards Julia Roberts, and she turned it down. But she already has her Oscar. But the difference is, like, after, like, th- there's this thing with Julia Roberts that I always try to remember, and that's that. Uh, she does have a quite a career after she wins the Oscar, but it never feels the same. You know, like like she, it's not like she just stopped working. She still made movies, but there was something that happened after Aaron Brockovich with her roles. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of it, she she's a mom, and she really went, right. She went real. She went heavy on that side, like that. She committed herself to that because yeah, she's in those oceans movies. Yeah, sure, right on. Mona Lisa Smile. Yeah, right on. But nothing like her Charlie 90s Wilson. work. Yeah. <clears throat> That 90s work is no, nothing but Sandra. Like Sandra wins the Oscar, and it doesn't seem like she loses a step. You know, like she does that Oceans movie. Uh, she's got that Netflix movie that's coming out at the end of the year. That you're like, why isn't this in theaters? It looks, it looks like a big theatrical movie. Gravity. I mean, Sandra's never really lost it, and, and thank God too, because once these actresses always 
get to around a certain age, I get nervous because I'm like, God, I don't want them to go away. You know, like I hope they find a way. And Sandra, you know, I love that she went back and did comedy. We watched The Heat together a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah. I love that she went back to do comedy because she is so funny sometimes just in speed. Her weird little like off the cuff lines uh, that I've, I've read, she improvised a few of them. Like she has such a natural uh, ability. And to think she wasn't even the first choice for this. Can you imagine? I don't know if you read it, but can you imagine this movie with Halle Berry? <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I, she would have been. You know great. what? Here's why I could because I saw Executive Decision. That's why yes, I could. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because Halle Berry like threw the movie, no pun intended, under the bus. Uh, uh, she said uh, it, that movie wouldn't have done for me what it did for Sandra because I would have just been the black bus driver, and I'm like. I don't know, like, because cause that was the first thing I thought of, too, was executive decision. She has a Sandra Bullock-type quality, or Sandra Bullock has a Halle Berry-type quality. I, I, I don't think that would have been that far-fetched to get her to do it. Um, should also talk about Jeff Daniels. Uh, Jeff Daniels playing uh, once <laughs> two movies in 94, this is Dumb and Dumber, and he plays a guy named Harry. I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, he plays uh, Keanu Reeves' boss. And you know, this was always a heartbreaker for me, you know, at the halfway point in the movie. Like this was always a real gut punch. One of the first real ones I remember feeling as a kid was losing uh, Jeff Daniels in this movie. And I always thought it turned out for the best because in the original script, he was supposed to turn out to be the main villain and him and Dennis Hopper were working together. And, you know, that feels like one of those twists because I tried to think of it. I'm like, I've seen that twist before it's called, and I can't think of where bl- it was. Blood work. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, God. Which And I, and I thought of blood work, too, because yeah, Jeff Daniels has that go ahead, make my day sticker on his <laughs> on his desk. And I'm like, oh, blood work. <laughs> just, oh, God. Um, I think I think Quentin Tarantino said it best uh, when he he threw speed into his best 20 movies in the 20 years that he's been a filmmaker. But the one thing he said about speed that I thought was accurate was it seems to have kind of been forgotten over the last few years. What a big deal this movie was. And I think I think you can also chalk the Matrix up to that, too, because speed was such an interesting idea for a movie, just like the Matrix. But but as the years went by, people it was in the zeitgeist and people would make fun of it and parody it. Hell, Speed 2 is the biggest parody of all that you, you kind of forget, like, how interesting the movie was uh, to start with, because, you know, we've talked about the diehard clones of the time. And and this movie really is no exception, except for the for the part about the speed limit, uh, because that's what I think is so fascinating to me about this movie. I desperately wanted a sequel to this as a kid, like a real sequel with Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock. I wanted to see these characters again, but I think this has got to be the most handicapped action movie to make a sequel to because, you know, the yeah, Ke- I, well, Keanu had the best line. He was like, Oh, the, a, about the boat. A, he's like, well, a, a bus is pretty slow to begin with. So, <laughs> but you, you want right. to do a boat that's even a, slower. <laughs> that's such a good point. That's such a, a logistical way of looking at it because if you've seen speed Two. It doesn't really make sense why it's called speed. Uh, he sets it on a collision course with like a with like an oil tanker or something, but it doesn't really seem to matter. Like like there's no speed limit problem. Um, and Keanu was right. And this was this was the same guy that made Johnny Mnemonic and Chain Reaction. Uh, 
in these really lame action movies that he did uh, right after Speed. Yet he was smart enough to say no to Speed 2. Because you know, looking back on it now, I really don't know how you make a sequel to this, even now. You know, because they still talk about it sometimes. And yeah. it's like, you know, it's easy to make a sequel to Die Hard. Like, that's, I can, I can kind of buy into it. Speed is so it's such an outrageous idea for a movie because basically with a sequel you have to give them the same thing only different so it has to be some other kind of weird contrivance involving uh something like you know like going under 50 miles an hour and it exploding and that's the big handicap i hope that i always thought for this movie and and i've never really because I, I used to think about a sequel to this and where i'd put it i could never come up with something that i thought was interesting which I think is what they've always found oh, with the movie. Did you ever want to see a, a, a sequel to this? Um, no, I mean, not really. I mean, it, didn't, it never bothered me that there... I mean, they end up making Speed 2, and it's terrible, uh, to say the least. No, notoriously, uh, Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up. I don't know if you... Oh, they, yeah, which well, was... It's, to this day, touted on the on the front cover of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but they use that to a T. Yeah, yeah. I I was never clamoring for it, and you know, it's one of those things. Like, that's um, what I thought was neat when originally Tarantino was supposed to direct it, or it was tapped to direct it, which would have been awesome because it would have been neat to see like what he would have done differently than Jan de Bont did. But can you I, imagine? So let's, see, talk, let's talk here's about the, that. Here's the real crazy. I'm like, very interested in that. You look at Die Hard. Die Hard is a guy trapped in a building. So in the second one, they're like, OK, well, we'll do it at an airport. Well, you've just eliminated one of the biggest aspects of the first movie. And yet you found a way to pull it off. I think part of the thing was so focused on. Do we have to have it like in moving uh, some kind of moving vehicle thing? You probably don't need to. You just need to come up with some type of what is the plot? Like if you have a good terrorist plot. In one of these movies, you can do any of them. You know, it's just all it comes down to like what is. Maybe that's it. It just it's maybe not, that's it. Yeah, not focusing because on the cars or moving vehicles and things of that nature. Like you have a point. Because now, now that I think of it, with the bus, the like I said, the bus is only fifty minutes. That opening scene or the the first act with the elevator is so entertaining and so much fun, and the last act with the subway is just the same. You know, uh, the, the he has to speed it up. To, to, to jump the track but the, there's two thirds of this movie that have nothing to do with keeping a bus under uh, above 50 miles an hour right and I because that was always my hang up with it is I would love to see a sequel to this where they eliminate that whole thing but then how why would you call it speed right you know it's just but you have a point I think it could be done but this is one of those movies where I always throw that term lightning in a bottle with because uh, I would have loved to have seen what Tarantino could have done for this. But then again, Tarantino has never been a for-hire director. And I do love that he loves this movie. And I only recently found out that he turned it down. I, I, I would be interested to see what he would have done with it if he would have left the dialogue alone. Because as, as we found out, uh, at least I did years later, it was that Joss Whedon basically wrote this movie. And once that knowledge kind of seeped in, it's very obvious because some of these lines we, we had this discussion off air about I think Joss Whedon is a better Shane Black than Shane Black sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Because like 
there's dialogue that almost sounds like dialogue. I love pop quiz hotshot. I have always loved that line, the way that that's worked in the fact that Dennis Hopper says that to get under his skin, because that's what Jeff Daniels says to him. Like it's, that's really cool. There's a lot of great little dialogue bits. Like the, a fascinating part of this movie is how the movie is all about this plot about this bus that keeps moving, how they need to do all this crap. They find ways to sneak in little character bits during all of this. And I, and that is a real uh, testament, I think, just, just to the script and really the actors, how they can pull this off, how they can, how they can have these nice little dialogue scenes. But at the same time, we're on a bus that might explode. And that's really cool. I've always loved that. And Tarantino, I mean, he would he would have passed on Pulp Fiction to do this movie. And I really like this movie as, as Jan de Bond's first movie, who was in his 50s at this point. That, and, and he decided to make a movie and he had been the I believe he was the cinematographer on Die Hard. Is that right? Yeah. This is one of those things that's so overrated. I think it's like, oh, he was a DP. So he must like it's he not, must be a good director it's, it's just, well he, that he, it's, he did specifically die hard so it's like oh then he he can make this thing work it's like I'm, let's be really honest here I, I, I'm pretty sure you could have found a handful of directors who you might not have even recognized that could have still pulled this movie off and it would still be as good it's no offense to Jan DeBont because in the end he does get credit for it but I'm not, and 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 I get it. He does Twister, so it's not like he's a one-hit wonder. He does two amazing action movies back he's a, to back. He's a two-hit wonder. But I mean, <laughs> both those movies are very thin in terms of like like they're thin in terms of script. Like it's everything is moving. Like like there is almost no set piece, which is cool. Like that's one thing that he is maybe his strength. Maybe that's why a movie like Tomb Raider two or whatever doesn't work is that it's not like based in like this constant moving atmosphere maybe even why speed two doesn't work is like it's not this high octane moving movie you know and that's why i sometimes think like that that it's this crazy coincidence that yeah he because i know mctiernan turned down speed yep so it's like well oh then let's you know getting yon to bond that's the next close thing is it really i mean the what he does in Die Hard, his DP work in Die Hard is awesome. There's nothing awesome about the DP work here. It's still a great movie. I'm not saying like it's it's got crappy cinematography, but it's not like it's got like this stamp of Jan de Bon on there. That's like it, it that puts him in this echelon with like your Catherine Bigelow's or the Wachowskis or whoever in the '90s does the best action movies, or even like or even McTiernan with Die Hard Three a couple years later, or a year later. It's like yeah. It's fine. He does a good job. He executes the movie well. I mean, the strength of this movie, it's it's Keanu, it's Sandra Bullock. Like without them, like you could add like you can and I wish you could sub out Dennis Hopper, but you could you could change. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't think he's very good in this. I think it's Oh my god, he's fantastic in this movie. And he's terribly he's over so, the top. This is the one thing I did. He's so over the top. But that's the thing. Like, I know everything in the movie is over the top. Like, every the circumstances, everything is over the top. Why does the Why does the villain need to go even further? It should be the opposite. Somebody should be trying to do the opposite, because that would balance out the movie better. Instead, like I, I don't get me wrong. Like he's got he's got great sound bites in the movie. Like when he does the pop quiz, I get it. I understand its place in the the pop culture lexicon, but. 
I, I find him thunderously, ridiculously over the top. And it's, I, I, hey man, credit to him for how he managed to find a way to hang around. Every, every. Oh he, no, this saved his career <laughs> in the latter half because he had just done Super Mario Brothers. You know, which was just a disaster. And uh, I think, I think before this, the last good thing that, that he had cranked out had either been Hoosiers or Blue Velvet, and that was almost a decade, you know? And yeah, uh, yeah. and Dennis Hopper, so let's talk about him for a second. Now, okay, so you feel that way, that's fine. Uh, this is my favorite thing he ever did. Um, he is so unbelievably over the top, but not in a like, Gary Oldman Fifth Element type of way. Uh, or even Gary Oldman in Air Force One, I find sometimes. Um, he's... He, his performance at, for me adds to the fun of the movie of just, and, and yeah, it, but you, you are right. He, a lot of his dialogue is simply one liners and sound bites, wave of the future, whim of a madman, you know, what do you do and stuff like that. Yeah. I think a lot more could have been done to enhance his backstory where he was a cop who was fired because his pinky or sorry, his, uh, his thumb was blown <laughs> off his, his pinky. That'd be interesting. Uh, but I never, here's the thing though. I'll give you this. I never even realized his thumb was blown off until about 10 years after I saw the movie. Uh, because if you're not 100% paying attention to it, they don't even harp on it that much. Uh, there is only really one scene and it's when he's looking through the blinds while he's talking to, uh, Traven where you see his left hand and the thumb is gone. Like that's really the only thing. Uh, or at least the only time where you really see it. There's a thing in the beginning so, where he's fumbling around. He's he, he's trying to he he realizes oh crap I can't do that with this hand. Or it's the are you talking about it it's the bottle before he screwdrivers the guy. It's the bottle. That's not the beginning. I'm talking about when he he, he oh the bottle he opens yeah, yeah okay. he opens up that coat. I always remember the bottle because like he drinks that thing like a champ. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's all in on it. But um, so we we talked about what Keanu did after and what Sandra did after. Dennis Hopper is a little bit of a different story. I believe he followed this movie up with another villain turn as the Deacon in Waterworld. And this is kind of how Dennis Hopper, which, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Waterworld. I always have been. I don't think it's a great movie, but it's certainly better than something like Speed 2. Uh, but Dennis Hopper, this is kind of what he, he does for the until the end of his career, sadly. Uh, I think he's been dead, what, 10 years now? Yeah, which is unfortunate. But when I look back on his career, I mean, a lot of people like like to remember Easy Rider and stuff like that. I always thought of Blue Velvet in this. Uh, I think his performance is just exactly what this movie needs because this movie doesn't take itself seriously. Uh, I find that the if you look at something like Die Hard, Alan Rickman is perfect. So probably the best villain ever in that first Die Hard movie. Uh, and the movie takes itself just seriously enough to where it's just not completely overblown. This is where I always kind of find fault with uh, something like Die Hard 2, where the movie's the movie just kind of like, oh, does this movie want me to care or not? Because it's like, yeah, it's really goofy. But then they blow up a plane with 250 people on it. And, 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 and But the same movie that blew up a plane with 250 people on it is the same movie with William Sadler doing Naked Tai Chi. As a character, he's serious. He's very serious. He's very serious, but I'm laughing. I'm just like, <laughs> it's, who does it's this? ridiculous. It's stupid. It's, it's ridiculous, and and it's like I wish this movie would pick a a, a tone. 
Uh, speed, uh, for me at least, it, it, it does what it needs to do. Uh, although I did find this interesting because um, the first time I ever noticed it was when I watched it last night. There is a giant scar on Dennis Hopper's neck in the movie. And I never noticed it before. Uh, it might be because I'd never seen it in HD before. I don't know. But I, I was looking through uh, some of the history of the movie online, and I found out that there is a reason why he has that scar on his neck. And it's because uh, in an alternate take of the shoot the hostage scene with Jeff Daniels, uh, Jack Traven actually shoots Howard Payne in the neck uh, right before he blows up the bomb. And for whatever reason, they still kept the scar. I guess because they hadn't figured it out that, that that's what they wanted to do. Um, it's very peculiar. Look, I, I do want to talk about this for a second, although I don't want to harp on it because I re-listened to it uh, yesterday so I could have a real opinion on it. I want to talk about Mark Mancina, the guy who did the score, because he scores this movie and Twister the following year. And in, you know, in, in my mind, I always preferred the, the speed score. But when I listened to it yesterday, I realized I changed my mind. The speed theme was like a constant song that was in my head as a kid. That dun 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 dun. That part, and I mis—I guess in my memory, I mistook that for the entire score. Uh, because I mean, I I love the score as is, but I, I think, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I I think I'm a bigger fan of the Twister score overall. Uh, like there's a love theme in Speed that's really good that plays during the 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 subway sequence, which is actually the best song uh, when you when you take it out of the context. But uh, this guy, because because the thing I always remember is that this guy he still works, but he doesn't work at this level anymore. Like they had wanted to use um, who was it? Ugh, Michael was it Michael Kamen? I think they wanted Michael Kamen for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, which obviously, mm -hmm. because like this is the exact type of movie that he would do, but the, he ended up like passing or something, and they went with, oh, I might be wrong on that, but it's someone that's as big as Michael Kamen. But they end up going with Mark Mancina, and I've I've always loved the score like to this movie as I was saying because it's it never stops moving either. Like it it constantly feels like I'm being chased. You know, it has that that kind of quality. Do, do you like the score for this at all? Not really. I think the Twister one is far better. I I I, I thought this 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 score is okay. It's fine. It felt very dated, extremely dated. Maybe uh, that's when it. I when I realized when I watched it again yesterday, that's what I kept thinking. I was like, man, this definitely sounds like of the times and everything. And I mean, this type of thing would work. Like, I mean, when you would hear um, a lot of the Bruckheimer uh, movies, they're gonna really start hitting hard after Speed, really oh, yeah. really carrying the torch. Those have a similar type of score to them too. Man, I love that Billy Idol song. I forgot about that, dude. Wow. See, it's funny too because I'm I'm listening to the score to Speed yesterday, and I'm on the final track, and I'm like, God, I wish I had more. I do have more. I have that Billy Idol song. Yeah, because I I had downloaded that. I love that song. That's I think that's really like good. Billy Idol's last good song. Yeah, like I feel like yeah, that that's pretty much like the the crescendo on the on the Billy Idol run. But yeah, yeah. oh, it really is. I yeah. never hear about that track either. Like people who talk no. about speed, they never talk about that song. I was like, man, it's a great track. It's one of his best songs, and because uh, I, I downloaded it off of iTunes a couple of years ago, and it actually is on one of his greatest hits records, which is weird, you know, to think that 
he would have a song in 1994 that's on a greatest hits record. But I always like look at it that way, too. Like a lot of people like to talk about that the 80s didn't really end until like the 90s. And I always found 1994 to be like the final 80s year in terms of action movies before things really started changing. Mm. And Speed feels to me like the last, if not, or the second to the last 80s action movie. This movie feels like it could have come out in the 80s. Uh, in just in terms of, of the tone and the, like, it has a kind of last boy scout kind of feel, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know what I think what it is. And I think you nailed it. I think it's bad boys. I think once bad boys hits with Bruckheimer and the following year, I think that starts to usher in the nineties with crimson tide and the rock and movies like that. That's when the, cause speed almost feels like a transitional action movie because uh, I wrote this, too, because I wanted to ask you about it. They don't really make it like this anymore. Like the closest we've had to a movie like this recently has been those uh, Olympus Has Fallen movies. Yes. And these movies used to come out like this all the time where it's just it's a cop and it's a crazy bad guy. And we'll figure it out all the rest of the crap later. I miss this kind of movie uh, because these used to come out, like I said, all the time and they just don't do it anymore. And this movie kind of feels like it's drifting towards something else because whereas Die Hard was I always look at Die Hard as kind of like a critique of the 80s action movie because this movie absolutely seems like it should have someone like Schwarzenegger or Stallone in it. Yet it has Bruce Willis, who's a very normal looking guy. And so does Speed. And Keanu Reeves, not to say he's not in shape, but Keanu Reeves is kind of an everyman in this movie. And that's kind of where like the, the, the drift goes where I think where they're transitioning. Um, do you miss movies like this at all? Like in terms of, I mean like these big budget, we need to just good guys versus bad guys, cop movies. Yes. And no, I mean, the only reason I say no is because I, you think about the way move, like the way a movie has to be structured today. It's not like how it was in 94 like it's no, not like right. I just I just don't know I there would need somebody would need to just have the balls to really just put out there like a put out there a flick that's just like this is really kind of a return to form like we're focusing on um villains that have like they have motivations they have back a credible backstory to make them make you believe you know that they want to go after this I mean, I don't like. It's so weird. Like in this, in because I, I was trying to think about the last one. Like I, I really enjoyed like this, and I almost feel like Liam Neeson was thrust into these types of movies, whatever kind of quasi action movies were left, or Jason Statham. Like they're the last two guys I remember. Like have been kind of put out there as action heroes, but like I, I'm curious. Like I'm curious now if if we would like them as much because we live in a world where like there's so many things that are like or we've seen so much that is over the top and implausible like would we enjoy them as much is part of the reason why I'm not as excited because I just think about in that post 9-11 world that we're in you know it's it I just don't know I don't know if they those movies feel like they feel of the time and I just don't know if that necessarily means it would work nowadays Unless, like, you really do have something cool, new, different that fits our day and age. Because it seems like there is, like, here's an attempt at it. The fourth Die Hard movie is an attempt to literally bring 
uh, the Die Hard franchise, which is analog to how they characterize Bruce Willis, it's an analog franchise. It's it's an '80s '90s franchise into the 2000s. So you have a butt up against technology, and does it work fairly well? But nothing extraordinary, right? So right, right. I, that's why I'm reluctant. I'm reluctant to be. I all think it in. works a lot better than it should have. Yeah. Yeah. No, because that, that's a good point. Because. Um, yeah, we can talk about that for a second. So, I, yeah, because I revisited Die Hard 4 the other uh, couple of months ago. And I had that mindset of like, okay, where were we in 2007 and this and that. And the movie does have – it's kind of remarkable because the movie should be terrible. I've always said that. Yet it's not. Uh, there's a wonderful analog quality to the movie. And that's it, with the stunt work. It's a very 2070 type movie shot in a 90s style. And and I, and I'll, I'll go one further to talk about what what you're, what you're saying because two points I want to bring up. I read an IMDb review of Speed that I thought was fascinating, where the guy gave it uh, basically a ten out of ten. Yet he he said this one thing in the review that I thought was wild, which was I don't know if he's like I love this movie, I love it, I love it, I love it, but I don't know if a movie like this could hold today's audience's attention. And that just kind of blew my mind because I really, and this is where you start to feel old because it's like, this isn't like, this isn't like death wish or dirty Harry or anything like that. This is speed. Like this is like one of the fastest paced movies ever made, you know? And, and to think that like someone would watch this movie that was born within the last 10 or 15 years and be like, this is boring. I just, I, I, I couldn't fathom that. But and, and this was from a guy who, who, reviewed it well you know it's like speed was very well reviewed when it first came out i mean it was huge but you know not everyone liked it but i mean that goes with any movie yeah. uh but i'll yeah. t- but i'll tell you this to, to, to further elaborate on a point that you made there's a reason i think that these movies died out and like don't get me wrong i like olympus has fallen i think it's fine is it one of the best of its kind absolutely not i i like white house down i i miss the die hard type action movie that's still not it's 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 not even close to like the heyday and i'll tell you what the reason for that is and and this is why and i'll rope this into a point i was gonna make later but i'll make it now i think speed is the best diehard ripoff movie i think it's the best diehard clone by far and i'm even talking about diehard sequels and i and I almost like this as much as Die Hard, but I just can't say that. I just can't. And the reason I say that is because this movie was innovative. This movie took the concept of Die Hard and did something different with it. It didn't just put it in a new location or something like that, which is what all the other ones did, like Under Siege and Air Force One. It actually added a time element. And, th- and that's what really separates this movie from... Uh, and, and almost becomes not a diehard type movie. But the thing is, I think that's why these types of movies died out and why whenever one of these things comes out now, it's looked at as retro is because they, they stopped innovating the movie. They just recycled. You know, like Olympus has fallen. I want to say it came out around the same time as Die Hard five. And it was 10 times the movie Die Hard five was 10 times. But it didn't really matter. It was just like, yeah, that was a cute little diehard movie. You know, it's like, it's cool to see a new diehard movie. And we, you know, we can't really go back to this kind of movie. Like not really, because 
we have these modern day actors who we're so used to seeing in other things, you know, but I, anyway, I think that's why these movies stopped is because they, they could not come up with anything new to differentiate it from the other, from the other ripoffs. Do, do you agree with that at all? Do you think yeah, that's I mean, maybe why? I mean, <clears throat> I mean this particular, the, the diehard, the diehard Anna in a subgenre. Yeah, I mean that definitely had to hit a point because it was like, well, what else could you do with it? Where, what other location or what other circumstance could you put it in? And that's, I mean, you know, you, it, it's one of those things that eventually, you know, has a run its course, and right. and rightfully so. I mean, that was the that was the good and bad thing about Die Hard is like it it creates this subgenre, but then it also creates this subgenre which, you know, has, you know, most most of them are are, are most of them are, at least most of the ones in the '90s are good. They're There's fun. more that I like than I don't like. I'll put it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I um, because I think about Die Hard three a lot. And I love with a vengeance. I absolutely. Love I still t- I, I would still take that over speed if I had to. If I'm if I'm picking one or the other because, in a lot of it, it's Bruce. If Bruce is stronger if, as a as a as oh. an actor in the movie, that's one of. I mean, there's they're neck and neck with a lot of things, and I think I would definitely give Irons the edge over Hopper, even though Hopper, you know, I, the backstory for the character is neat. It's good. It's a good backstory for the character. Like you have a villain that is a bomb expert going up against the bomb squad. That's cool. And he has no mo. Like I love that because, but but then again, I'm like, if he has no mo, and he knows all these different types of bombs. I, as a civilian, would immediately think he's a cop. I was having a hard time believing it took him two years to plan that elevator. Dude, oh man, yeah. When he did the bus but, thing oh, in like a matter of like minutes, like two days. <laughs> like that—that's one thing that always drove me nuts about the movies. They—they they don't specify how long of time has passed between when he does the elevator incident and then when he kills Aguado from Ace Ventura. <laughs> uh, yeah, like they—they—they they, they don't. It feels like the next day. Uh, it, well, I mean, it's got to be close because Jeff Daniels is still limping from the from the gunshot wound, which that's a great moment in the movie when he tells him that he would shoot the hostage and then he shoots him, but it can't do it to Sandra Bullock at the end. Yeah. I, 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 that is such a nice little touch. If you uh, bring up a point, you said if, if this movie were made today, if they made this today, they'd have to cut out 10 to 15 minutes of that opening sequence because... There is no way. If that movie's made today, they need to get on the bus faster. Oh, I know. That's that's going to be the they thing. They don't get that's on the suffer. bus until the. That's remarkable, dude. They don't get on the bus until the forty-minute mark. Like that's literally when Keanu. I timed it. That's when he jumps on the bus. Forty minutes. That's incredible. That the previous forty minutes are as good as they are. That that they could pull something like that off and. In action movies, I'll say this too. I really think that, like, because you know, we talked about the Bruckheimer films that kind of define the '90s that uh, that that just dominated it. I think they didn't re- action movies as a whole didn't really change again until the next big Keanu movie with The Matrix. I think The Matrix changed everything all over again five years later, and that ushered in the 2000s era, which is for me just one of the most dreadful times to be a fan of action movies. Yeah. Uh, not to say I don't love The Matrix. I I love The Matrix. But The Matrix sequels, no, no, no. Awful. Uh, I'll say this about Die Hard with a Vengeance. Because um, I want to say that Die Hard with a Vengeance for me comes in at number two 
in terms of the Die Hard clones, <laughs> even though it's part of the same franchise. I love Die Hard with a Vengeance. As a kid, it was my favorite Die Hard movie. But the one area where I think um, Speed beats it, I've, I do not like Die Hard with a Vengeance's finale. Everything about that movie is 10 out of 10 up until they go uh, the finale of the movie where they go find Simon and his at his bunker or whatever. And like with the exception of the two bullets left part, like I think that scene is a drag and just a lame ass ending to what was otherwise a perfect action movie. And that's the only reason I think I would put speed over that. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this for a second, uh, because like I said, it's like, oh, my God, how do you make a sequel to this without just absolutely copying it? Well, they kind of remade this movie before the decade ended. Uh, do you remember Chill Factor? Uh, yes. Skeet Ulrich in Cuba. <laughs> That's right. Now, the plot of Chill Factor was that Cuba Gooding Jr. was an ice cream truck driver. And I only remember this because I used to watch this a lot as a kid. He was an ice cream truck driver. And him and Skeet Ulrich like, meet by happenstance, and they come across this bomb that needs to be kept at a temperature that can't rise above 50 degrees. And thank God he's an ice cream truck driver. This is part speed, diehard type movie, part uh, buddy movie. And this, like, it was so blatantly a ripoff of speed with this idea granted i think the movie's okay it's 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 passable but it's it, like the, th the reason I, I bring this up is because they really haven't tried to replicate this plot too many times like chill factor has more in common with speed than speed 2 does yeah definitely yeah which is absolutely fascinating um well i, I want to talk about yandabon for a second because i mean yeah i really i'm gonna have to be contrarian here i really think that his filmmaking is phenomenal in this movie. I really do. And I would like to chalk it up to it just being a fluke or a one-off, but he did Twister. And Twister, you know, it's funny looking back on it. Uh, I find, and this is kind of frustrating, I find that people talk about speed way more than they talk about Twister nowadays. But Twister was a far bigger box office hit than speed was and you can probably just chalk that up to the pg-13 rating but either way speed almost made or sorry twister almost made double and this was huge like jan de bond like he's i've always said one of the greatest one-two punches ever and then he does speed two and he never recovers never like because after that i think he does the haunting with liam neeson and then he bottoms out with that tomb raider movie and it's just sad because I, I, I don't think he does anything anymore. Uh, and I'll always remember him you know, for his work on Die Hard and these two movies. Uh, it's just really unfortunate because I was like, oh, my God, like he could have been one of the great action movie directors. But no, he just made two really, really awesome movies. Um, you, you did mention Liam Neeson. As, and this is kind of this subgenre. And this is one of the reasons I, I find that I don't care for Keanu's John Wick movies. These are the only action movies that are made anymore that are, you know, that aren't superhero movies, the revenge thriller. And I'm so tired of the revenge thriller. Like it's like, Oh, you stole my daughter. I'm coming to get you. Oh, uh, you killed my dog. I'm coming to get you. You killed my whole family. Well, I'll remake that Bronson movie called death wish. And I'm coming to get you. It's just like, this is kind of like where 
the typical action movie is right now. And it's excruciating. Uh, and yeah, John Wick has really well shot action scenes and great cinematography. Um, but without interesting characters, I just, I just really don't care. I know that's not it for everybody. I know most people can just watch absolute crap characters in a movie and, and think it's just wonderful. I can't do that. Uh, and I think speed does a really good job, at least with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, because yes, uh, Dennis Hopper is a caricature, but like I said, I think that's what he needs to be. And I, and I'm not supposed to care about him. I think Keanu and Sandra have the most wonderful chemistry. And yes, it was the only reason that I went to see the lake house in the theater. (laughs) It's because I wanted to see those two together again. And that's, that's how I feel about that. Um, what else we have? Well, well, do you have anything else to add? Um, no, I, I, I just want to reinstate that I don't think Jan de Bont is a terrible or a terrible director. I just think he's fine. Like he's he's fi- I don't I, I have a hard time believing that there isn't somebody else like uh, that 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 could be brought in to direct that movie, and it's not just as well. Yes, I think somebody could do it just as well because I just don't I don't understand really what he necessarily I don't understand what he brings to it that nobody else could. That's, well, that's because we don't have time. enough movies of his to go on. I mean, I, even, I, like, I feel like with Twister is a CGI movie that I mean, the draw to that movie, it works because it's like they sure. put a tornado on screen. We've not seen that was that. that was that's what pulled us in. But 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 well, why do we continue to watch that? movie? I like Twister because of the actors in it. Like I'm exactly I'm, I mean, I like. And I don't know if maybe Jan de Bont does some great Stanislavski or you know work or whatever with actors and really gets them to places and stuff. Maybe he does. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the dinner scene's a bit much, like at Aunt May's house. But you know, it's like yeah, that was the selling point of Twister, where that's why you could like the 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 money completely went into the special effects budget. That's why you had actors like Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt as the stars of the movie because they probably couldn't afford anybody else. But here's the thing. Those were the two best actors for the parts. And it really helped Helen Hunt become a movie star and get her Oscar. And unfortunately it didn't do the same for Bill Paxton, even though Bill Paxton should have been a leading man. I think his entire career, um, can you imagine Bill Paxton as in the Jack Traven role? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. But or Helen Hunt as as Annie, like that could. I want to see Helen Hunt as Jack Traven. That, that would have been what I. Was oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, no, I I, I think, I think because uh, you you bring up an interesting point. I don't really, I don't really know what Jan does to keep the movie going. I don't know whether to chalk it up to the editing. Um, it, like you literally just have to film a bus and, and people inside the bus. But there's just something about it that's so spectacular. And the reason I say that I don't know if anyone else could have done this is because, like I said, this is one of those lightning in a bottle movies. As much as I love Twister and it that movie moves at a breakneck pace, too, it doesn't move like this. I feel like this movie is just in a class of its own. Uh, and even though it has the diehard connection, there's just something about it that's just so different at least in terms of, of what a movie should do. Like, I think like for me to this day, I still think this is the fastest paced, great movie I've ever seen. Uh, and, and a movie that keeps up the quality without losing our attention, which is just why I was so baffled by that IMDb review. But 
I agree with you though. It's like Jan de Bont directs like five movies. Two of them are classics, and the rest are, sh- are crap. They're awful. And it's like, okay, at what point does this become a him problem? You know, and and well, when does he get off the radar? So I, I really don't know. But final comparison. I mean, is are are First Blood Part Two, Cobra, and Tombstone remembered for George P. Cosmatos? No. Right. Only ironically. I mean, like... Oh, yeah, he directed that. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like sort of like... That's why, for Mandy, it's like, oh, it's his son. It's like, that no. doesn't mean anything. Yeah, he's the son of a mediocre director. And once again, Mandy, I told you, I saw Mandy. Pretty good. Yeah. But what is it? It's a revenge thriller. <laughs> right, right. It's a revenge. They killed my fill-in-the-frickin'-blank. I'm so tired of this it just i just want someone to get killed and, and then like the significant other go thank god like give me like the ruthless people <laughs> like dan danny devito response just right. keep her <laughs> like, <laughs> like like it just it just so happens that in the movies nowadays any any like wife that gets killed just happens to be married to somebody who absolutely loved her not somebody who just you know like an al bundy type character just oh god why did I ever get married? Like right, everyone right. cares too much, and and John Wick takes it too far with the pet. I just and well, actually, no, Taken takes it too far because there's too many sequels to it, and they completely undermine the original. But um, in closing, uh, if you've never seen it, skip Speed Two. It's a piece of crap. The most fascinating thing about that movie is that the final action sequence with the boat crashing into the harbor, that entire ten minute sequence is more than i believe triple the entire budget of the original speed wow it's insane like they they shut down parts of lax and 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 filmed on a on an unfinished interstate with this movie that's not cheap and speed too like i I believe the budget for speed is 30 million dollars which even by like 1994 standards is really conservative you know, you've like with Terminator Two costing like a hundred million, um, and then Speed Two, I believe, clocked in at one sixty. One sixty. Jesus, it's amazing. That's incredible because you watch the movie and you're like, this movie costs like, like five or six times as much, and it's it's so bad, it's so much worse. Yeah. And Jason Patrick, holy crap! But anyway, well, well, what, what do you rate Speed? I'd have to. I mean. It- I have to give it an eight. Okay. All right. Uh, if I, my rating for this movie, if, if you, t- I honestly, if you take Terminator two out of the equation, I think this is the best action movie of the nineties for me. This is the best action movie. It was never topped. I almost like it more than Die Hard. I gave this movie a 10, uh, always been a 10 for me. It's always been perfect. There's really nothing I'd change about it. Um, so yeah, that's speed. Uh, wow. So the following month's going to be July. I'm trying to remember what movie that is. <laughs> I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll definitely put up a post about that on Twitter. Uh, in the meantime, uh, follow us on Twitter at real change pod. And I am at CM underscore stabs. And I am at William Rankin 83. And thank you again for downloading and listening to us and supporting us. And be sure to keep an eye out for what our our following episode is for the July of 1994.